I don't know how much of that I should play. You know the the mood the mood set like how should, how how much of the mood should I set? In, in, I, I like it. I do like it. It reminds me of Sunny uh, Sunny Crockett and uh, Tubbs. I don't know what any of that that's, means. What did you just say? <laughs> that's Miami Vice. Miami oh, Vice. Okay, all right. The original from the eighties. Okay, I'll take your word it for it. Was an infomercial for cocaine, basically. Um, um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to South Coast tonight. We're in the second hour of our premiere show. I'm Marcus Farrow. He's Chris McCarthy. Uh, we are bringing you, um, you know, while your day is winding down, we're reacting to the news of the day. We're just getting started here at South Coast tonight. And one of the segments, you know, we just had Senator Mark Montigny on in, uh, in the first hour uh, and uh, to talk about what's going on in Beacon Hill. That's something that we're going to feature regularly. Another segment that we're really excited about is called Commons from the Council. We're going to have city councilors call in and uh, react uh, live after every after every full council meeting, absolutely. And then, you know, some of the bigger subcommittee meetings uh, and joining us uh, is city council president Ian Avery for the first ever Commons from the Council segment. Mr. Council President, how are you? Marcus, Chris, good evening. I'm used to saying good morning or good afternoon on WBSM, so now I have to be trained into saying good evening. Same. But, uh, good evening. Yeah, same. Good evening. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, boys. It's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor to partake in the first ever episode of, of your show. I've got some big shoes to fill. Uh, Mark Montigny's one heck of an opening act, so hopefully I can uh, bring the heat uh, in this segment. So uh, we're speaking with City Council President Ian Abreu. Uh, you just got out of one of the subcommittee meetings uh, for the City Council. What meeting was it and uh, what went down? Sure. We had the Appointments and Briefings Subcommittee uh, this evening, which is chaired by my friend and uh, fellow councilor at large, Naomi Carney. Uh, the, the important item of note tonight that I can report back is the committee has forwarded off to the full City Council a positive recommendation and approval of the salary of the brand new executive director of the Butler Park Zoo. His name is Gary Lunscombe. Uh, he comes from Wisconsin. He has quite a resume, and uh, he's uh, he's filled with a whole bunch of zeal, ready to hit the ground running. And uh, we have a lot going on at the zoo. We're we're right in the midst right now of a um, AZA accreditation phase. So we need someone uh, to get in there and make sure everything's tuned up and. Uh, we continue that accreditation because if we're not accredited, a whole bunch of uh, federal and state funding can be impacted uh, because of that. So um, now is not the time to dilly dally. So he received a vote on the importance and briefings tonight. And I'll be on uh, the docket. Uh, Mr. President, your, your, your phone's court. breaking up. Was the vote unanimous tonight on the salary? Yes, it was, sir. All right, because I know there has been some pushback in the council on the zoo votes in the past about maybe. Off, you know, unloading the zoo onto a nonprofit, something like that. This guy's salary is over a hundred thousand dollars. It's a hundred and six thousand dollars. It's a unit C grade M sixteen. However, what I will tell you is that he's actually going to be making the same salary Keith Lovett, his predecessor, was making um, uh, as a cost to the taxpayer because the twelve point seven percent differential between what Keith was making and what Mr. Lunscombe will be making will be getting picked up by Marion Wayner and her team and her board at the Buttonwood Park Zoological Foundation. So they're going to pick up that difference. All right, so, so make sure you make, make that clear to everybody here because, I, you know, that, that that's a lot of information right there, uh, Council President Ian, that, that in fact the taxpayers aren't going to carry the whole load. 
That is correct. 12.7% of the salary of Mr. Lunscombe, uh, the difference between what Keith Lovett was making and what Mr. Lunscombe will be making, uh, will be picked up by the Buttonwood Zoological Foundation. So again, it's, it's a net zero to the city taxpayer and the tax base. So that's an important point to, to drive home and to, to mention to everybody. That's the deal on that. And, um, that was definitely uh, the impetus for um, getting this to the goal line, I think, for the zoo, because we are uh, faced with some very stringent fiscal decisions and uh, situations here in the city. But the fact that the foundation is able to step up, I think that's a good thing. And uh, let's get rolling. So we're speaking with Council President Ian Abreu. Um, is this a first step or a positive step in the direction of seeing a nonprofit take over the zoo and so it can be moved off of the taxpayers' shoulders? It could be. Um, I, I'm, I, I've never shied away from my position and my opinion that we at the very least should put forth uh, some type of feasibility study to see whether or not the zoo should be privatized and take it off of the taxpayers. I understand that uh, the folks that work at the zoo, uh, led by Keith Lovett and Shara Cook Raposa, they do fantastic work in their teams, but um, I would be open to discussing the possibility of privatization of the zoo if uh, that would need to be uh, an effective avenue uh, for the zoo's operations. Um, we've seen the success that it had brought the city years ago under the Kalis administration when he decided to privatize trash and recycling pickup when he subcontracted with ABC Disposal. Uh, they've been our hauler uh, ever since, and that's bared a lot of fruit for the taxpayers. So I would certainly be open to looking into it, but as it is for now, it is what it is. And that might be a question you ask the mayor when he's on tomorrow on your program, because that would obviously be an executive level decision to uh, consult or to uh, advise for such a, um, a consultancy or a survey to see uh, the feasibility of that. So, Ian, it's it's budget season, and uh, there's obviously you guys had your cut night, and I haven't really talked to anybody in the council about this specifically, but uh, there was a cut. There were a couple cuts I saw as, um, I'll, I'll say, arbitrary. One was a, a cut of two of the mayor's, uh, you know, high the mayor's two highest level uh, staffers. Uh, the other was a, a six hundred thousand dollar cut to wastewater, which I th feels untenable. Um, could you explain uh, the, the council's position on, on making those particular cuts? Sure. Well, as I said with Tim Weisberg when I went on his show last Friday, the Friday after the cut night, which was already last Monday, um, I said, and I had the roll call sheet in front of me, I said, look at the roll call votes. You'll see where I voted yay, where I voted nay, and the cuts of which you speak. I voted nay on all of those, um, and those passed by slim six to five margins. Um, look, um, my position on those is I did not support those cuts. However, any counselor can submit any cut for any reason, and they don't have to give a rationale. They can submit a cut to the mayor's salary line item if he or she wishes. Not that I support that or agree with it, but they could. Uh, that's certainly their discretion. At the end of the day, um, some of those cuts passed, Six to five, uh, and you mentioned the uh, the two higher level positions in the mayor's office, the wastewater budget. Um, I didn't support those cuts for obvious reasons, um, uh, especially when it comes to the wastewater. Um, we're under a federal EPA order right now, and that wastewater budget 
uh, is tied into the wastewater sewer treatment plant right here on the peninsula where I live in Ward 6 in the south end. Um, we have uh, several scrubbers uh, that are down at that wastewater treatment plant now that are going to be in need of uh, replacement in the not-too-distant future. So we need to continue to put as many resources into the wastewater treatment plant as possible. I mean, for example, Veolia, who's the subcontractor whom we contract out to oversee the treatment plant, their bill, for example, is $500,000 a month alone. Uh, it's very expensive stuff. Uh, this isn't fluff. This isn't uh, a game. This is, uh, these are the numbers. And with inflation being what it is and hovering close to 10%, uh, this is kind of what we're what we're tasked with, and we have to keep city open and functional. Um, but like I said to Tim, even though I did not support some of these cuts, I respect the cuts and the fact that I am the president of the council, and I have to honor the fact that six of my colleagues, the majority, had voted in the affirmative for some of these cuts. And at the end of the day, what we ended up shaving off the, the budget was just over $3.4 million. It was actually $3 million. $474,886. So the budget we had set in total for fiscal year 23 was $435,597,339. And I know the mayor wasn't too happy with some of the cuts we made. Um, and look, you know, gentlemen, if, I, if either one of you were an executive level uh, politician and you knew going into the shoot of your budget presentation, that you were only going to get 0.79%, again, 0.79% of your budget cut at the end of the day, I think you would take that deal. I know I sure as heck would. So it's not too bad in the grand scheme of things. Um, the council did its job. I mean, we've cut more money this year uh, under our leadership, under us working together out of this budget since I've been on there. I've been there for going on eight years now. So... Um, some of the cuts, look, like I said, I didn't support them. I didn't vote for them, but they passed, and I have to respect that outcome. No, it's fair. That's a that's a, a complete and uh, thorough answer. I don't really have much to I don't really have much to say beyond that. But is there any um, what what uh, what else is going on this week in the city council? Do you guys have a full council meeting? Are there other subcommittee meetings? Well, uh, yeah, we have the finance committee uh, meeting uh, later on this week, and we have the property committee meeting tomorrow. The property committee meeting is going to be interesting because we are actually going to discuss um, with DPI. We are actually going to discuss with the cemetery board uh, the situation. We, I think your station may have covered this, um, I want to say maybe a year ago, about the cemeteries and the cemetery plots. And this was a motion that we had filed at the end of last year. I remember this. But basically, year. we wanted to discuss the the rules and regulations governing cemetery plots, and we wanted to, to basically get a clarifying answer as to what can and cannot be placed on city cemeteries. You may remember there was some controversy last year about... I do remember this, yes. Remember that, right? Yes. So, uh, we, you know, we have a new board in place. Jonathan Cavallo is part of the board now, who is the mayor's spokesman. You may remember, remember John. Sure, John, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, good man. He's on the board yes. now. We have, uh, obviously, um, Jill Usack, uh, a friend of yours, Chris, uh, who's on the board, good woman. And we have others who are serving as well. So last time we spoke with them, they were tasked with coming up with an actual handbook or rule book of what is or is not appropriate at our cemeteries that are uh, overseen 
by the public entity of DPI, a Department of Public Infrastructure. So that's going to be interesting. I, I, um, uh, I can uh, certainly um, let Councilor Giesta know if that's something you may be interested in an update. Absolutely. I can Absolutely. Have, Absolutely. I yeah, have yeah. yeah, she can call in tomorrow if she's available, and she can give you a breakdown of how that happens. Yeah, no, I certainly would be looking forward to that. Uh, I'll, um, I'll have to reach out to Con- I mean, uh, there's not a lot of votes in those cemeteries, but... Yeah, right. <laughs> but but um, but I think it's a, it's a very very important issue. I can remember people get very upset about that. So if, if they, I think if there's a level of confusion there, it causes a lot of problems. Um, I think that's what the major issue is. So the fact that they're tasked with creating a, a new handbook with rules and regulations that everyone can see and play by, I think is a very good development. That'll be fascinating to have to hear about that tomorrow. Absolutely, and uh, I know you'll reach out to Maria. And look, yeah, I know the summer is here and things are starting to lighten up a little bit, but. We have a lot of work still ahead of us, and under my presidency, between now and December 31st, we have to get an RFP in for development of the golf course. We're going to continue our development of the armory. All of our barren fire stations are in our property committee right now, overseen by Councilor Giesta. We need to get those out on for RFPs for bid for housing or public developments to get those on the tax rolls. There's a lot we have to do between now and December 31st. We have a very robust agenda, not the least of which we have to set that little thing called the tax rate for next right. year. So um, waiting to see what state aid is going to be, waiting to see uh, where the real estate market's going to be at that time. So it's going to be interesting. I know the administration will be dumping in $3 million of our funds against the tax levy. And again, we cut $3.5 million, so that should certainly help as well. And uh, I, my goal and our goal on the New Bedford City Council is to make sure the residential and commercial taxpayer uh, doesn't see a steep increase next year because they can't afford it. So you, so you're you're talking about your uh, your council presidency going through December 31st. Do you see yourself uh, seeking another term as council president? I'm honestly not sure. I, I've always said I wanted the gavel once. Uh, I wanted that experience. I've gotten it. I've loved it. I think we've done some great work together. Um, I'm not going to go over everything now because it'll you. be a while. And we can, we can do, <laughs> yeah. we can do, we I don't have that much that longer, Ian. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that program in December, but, uh, but uh, you know, the ARPA deal, getting that done, the golf course. Uh, you're doing uh, it. Numbers. You're doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. But there's many more things. You know what I'm proud of the most? I'll just say this, Marcus and Chris, and I think you guys know this because you follow me on social media. I still have given the same level of constituent service I've always given, whether I was just a counselor at large or the council president. I still return every phone call, every email, every text, and I'm proud of that, uh, much to the demise uh, or to the chagrin of my wife, uh, I might add. But, you know, that's uh, that's part of the business, I that's, guess. That's how you become the number one vote-getter in the city. Council <laughs> President Ian Abreu, uh, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to more conversations uh, at this new time slot. Oh, I, I will. Thank you. And like I told Chris, um, I am committed. Uh, obviously, all the subcommittees, I would recommend you call the chairman or chairwomen to come on. But after the full council meetings every other Thursday, I'm willing to call in, even if it's for a quick five or ten minutes to give you a rundown of what happened. The indefatigable Ian Avery. Thank you for joining <laughs> Thanks us. Thanks council. Appreciate, really appreciate it. Have a great day. You, you too. The guy works hard. He, he does. does. He does. He works hard. And again, that's how you become the number one vote getter in the city. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to take a break now. Uh, when we get back, um, we'll be 
joined by you at 508-996-0500. I saw, I saw the phone line light up. I saw it light up. During, I know people don't like to be on hold during the guests, so you've got an opportunity to call in. Uh, it's just us and you for the rest of the program, and you can app chat us, too. We'll be here till 10 o'clock, right? We will be here till 10 o'clock every night. So uh, I'm, I'm going to let's take this break now, and then we'll see you on the other side of it. Beautiful. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Really do have the best production team in the business. They're fantastic. I mean, they really, really it's so good. The the intro, the Phil Collins intro, that that call me, it just it's very very good. We've got a couple uh, calls in line. Of course, uh, if you want to call in, you can at 508-996-0500, but let's go to the phones. Good afternoon. Thanks for holding. Yeah, how you doing, Marcus? And Chris, uh, I'm very happy that you're back on. Thank you, my uh, friend. Monday through Friday. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling. It's very good uh, to hear that you're uh, you're doing very well and you're recuperating. I've my prayers. I've had uh, say my prayers for you. They've been answered, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, 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 thank, I thank you. You know, I think your uh, your program should be Chris and Marcus South Coast Prime Time. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. One more word. <laughs> you add that at the end. You know, uh, I couldn't help but think, uh, you know, Mark Montigny and uh, and how he speaks very highly of uh, State Representative uh, Mike Rodericks from Westport. Uh, Senate, Senator Mike Rodericks. Yeah, some years ago, uh, he was spotted in New Hampshire buying up a lot of liquor and wine <laughs> and beer, avoid yeah. paying the tax. You remember that, Marcus? I do remember that. I very do remember. Well. I remember yes. it as well. And I thought it was a very, <laughs> very frugal decision on his part. Yeah. It, it yeah, sh- you know, <laughs> right. It shows good uh, management of yeah. your finances. Yeah, that's uh, you should have got a PR guy. I think you know what? Uh, in our state, we're paying. You know, obviously the state income tax, sales tax, liquor tax. Tax on tobacco, gas tax, meals tax, excise tax. I'm going to go down the laundry list here. Licenses, permits, toll fees, parking meters, property taxes, utility taxes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. With all of this money, uh, we, our, our city and our state should be clean. All the roads paved. And uh, where's the money going? Into a number train somewhere? Well, as we just learned, we're, you're going to be getting some of it back. Yeah. Senator Montigny's well, working so. on that. Yeah, not to mention, you know, the highest uh, cost of electric and natural gas prices in, in the country, the highest cost insurance, you know, property, uh, automotive and health, and, and high business taxes. It's incredible. Um, all this money that Tony Cabral, I think it was on your show, Marcus, he said he had buckets full and buckets full of money and mounts of money. You know, why isn't it, uh, why aren't our roads and bridges and uh, better condition than what they are. Well, we're getting a new bridge, right? We're getting a new bridge over. We're getting over a new train. Haven. We're getting a new train. Uh, our infrastructure in general in Massachusetts definitely could be a lot better, though. That is for sure. Right? But I think it's something that they're really working on. Well, you can have great bridges, uh, you know, Marcus. But if you get off the bridge and get into a big pothole, what, what use is that? You know, be on the side of the road. Hey, Carla, you, you you're, you're pretty um, opinionated on things. Let me ask you a question. Have you had a chance yet to sign the ballot question, sign the sign the signature page for the ballot question on illegal aliens well, getting well, a license? I haven't really got out much, you know, because of my age and stuff. But uh, where, where are they uh, signing? Where where they? Uh, I believe they're going to be in Dartmouth this week. Oh, they're going to be aware at the... Uh, I'm at not the sure, but stay tuned to this show and to how oh, we talk. This isn't an advertisement. He's going to tell you. This isn't an advertisement uh, encouraging. Where to, sign the nominee, where to sign the papers to get the question on stop, the ballot. Stop encouraging bad uh, behavior. Right. Make, 
Make sure you guys had prime time after South Coast. It sounds a lot better. You know, have some more drums and trumpets in the intro. All right, my friend. Thank <laughs> you. Drums and trumpets. All right. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate the night. call. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I love that call in particular. He's always um, got his finger on the pulse of the, the, the finance uh, situation in the he, city and in the state, the really. Uh, so, um, 508-996-0500. We've got another call on the line. Let's take it. Hey, good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. Welcome to the Sam, Chris, and Marcus show. <laughs> hey, hey, Sam. How are you? <laughs> How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks Congrats. for joining us. Congrats on uh, on your new show. Thank you. I tuned, you know, I almost forgot. I tuned in around 7.30. <laughs> Me and, too. Uh, I was like, is that is that who I'm hearing, really? You, you got some heavy-duty guests tonight. Oh yeah, more to come too. We've got a we've we've got a lot of uh, great guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. So I'm really excited. Yeah. But the most Very important guests yeah. are you guys, really the callers. Yeah, it's true. Sure, I think so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to think of all kinds of names for your show. But you know, I think it's I think you already got it. That's all there is to it. That's good because our boss picked it out. So yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, you kind of have to roll with it. No, now, I think though. Marcus came up with it. Really. <laughs> well, listen, I'll be out here. Michael Rock and. Uh, I forget. I was at the, I was there when it was created, but they, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for the call, Sam. I appreciate it. Um, I came up with it. You came up with it, but I wanted to give credit to our boss. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, he has the approval stamp. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I came up with it, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to give myself. But it was a great credit. meeting. I mean, it really was a great. Oh, meeting. it was an excellent meeting. Yeah, no, I. It was. It was a great meeting when we met to pitch the show. Uh, it was. Because I'll be honest with you. Oh, Michael had the music. That was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael grabbed the music. Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. When we got to that meeting, I was uh, like, it, the conversation I thought was, wasn't going to, it was going to be, I thought the conversation was going to be, are we going to do this? Right. But instead it was, how are we going to exactly, do this? Exactly, right. And it was excellent. So was I really I really do appreciate the support of Michael Rock, of Mark Stakowski, uh, of Tim Weisberg, the station leadership, been uh, has been fantastic and really supportive in, in making this happen. It's a product that, again, locally you're not getting anywhere else. And right. we couldn't have done it without their vision and leadership. And I really, really am grateful And our sponsors. It. And our sponsors. And our folks. sponsors, of course. Make sure you take care of the WBSM sponsors. They have great products. I'm not just saying it cause, to do it because they, they sponsor us. But use products that people sponsor on this program. It's very important. Because they're all local. They are all local. Uh, so 508-996-0500. Let's take another call. Hey, good evening. Hi, Marcus. Just calling to wish you guys well. The, the show sounds great so far. It's nice to hear Chris back. And Thank you. really, really pleased, Chris, with your recovery. So it's wonderful to have you back. Hey, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Yeah, just calling in for support. I'll listen up, guys. Uh, way to go. That call, actually, what's interesting about that call is it came from Malaysia. That call, really? Yeah, Malaysia. We're, we're being listened to all over the world. And that call in particular came from KL uh, in Malaysia. So we are uh, not just a local show, but also in many ways an international show. So very exciting. Oh, speaking of international, you know, there's a ballot question coming up possibly <laughs> about whether or not illegal aliens who were recently granted the privilege to drive in Massachusetts with, we, although they're undocumented, um, there's the Republican Party of Massachusetts are trying to get that repealed. So, 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 well, let's just the 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 process of it. The Work and Family Mobility Act, after years of deliberation, right. went through the went through the House and Senate. It was vetoed by Governor Baker. Right. It was the veto was overridden by the House and Senate because they made sure to pass it with veto-proof majorities. I think that's why it took so long. Uh, and now. 
really the timing of the of the legislature's veto was wasn't they could have sat on it for a little bit because this law doesn't kick in until July first, twenty twenty three. Correct. So they could have sat on it a little bit and waited until the the opposition didn't have any time. But now that there there's a signature effort, right? right. It's led by um, uh, Carol Maloney, whose son was killed by an illegal alien. I guess we call him undocumented. Actually, the, the law be documented now. That's a, that's one good part of this. The, that hideous term, undocumented alien, will now be going away. Because the law of documents, they have to have documents, supposedly, to get these licenses. So we can use illegal aliens. Again, and everyone will know what we're talking about. So that, that question's coming up on the ballot. Now, Marcus, I will tell you, I am of a mixed position on this, truthfully. Number one, the federal government is the one causing this illegal alien problem. Yes. The state government's having to do their, do their version of a cleanup, whether you're Texas or Massachusetts. And you have local officials who are trying to deal with this. I am fully in favor, and I like the idea, now whether they comply or not is a different story, but that they're going to be insured. Mm -hmm. that, the, that these drivers who are currently uninsured and clearly breaking the law will now feel the requirements to be insured. Although they weren't insured when they when they when they needed to be before, they weren't doing it. Well, they they you, you have, a, have to have a driver's license to be insured. So there you go. So yeah. that part of it, I think, is 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 a bonus for the people of Massachusetts who are here legally, and the ones who are here illegally. Now, the downside of this is I do wish they had made the licenses different. Let's listen to some discussion on this. Yeah, I don't I don't really I don't really agree with that because I think making the license different. Uh, First of all, they can't get a real ID, right? The, the federally recognized real ID that we, a lot of us, um, I have one. Uh, right. But and it's it's a <laughs> no, right? It's really <laughs> someone had all that's, the documents. That's when you know you've made it. Uh, so uh, the 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 federal the real ID, which can be used, you know, in in federal identification situations, um, people who get licenses under this new law won't be able to get that. If you were to get like a different ID, this you know, I think that leaves the window open for types of um, stigmatization. Uh, like you're an illegal alien. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or like, like, like people would know you're an illegal alien when they pulled you over. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. But I, but I mean, I think that can be useful information to a state trooper. And I think, I think they now again, it's not. I understand it's not the biggest problem. But we're not. The but, thing is, 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 is we're, you know, we've got place. We're not. We're not supposed to be. We're not really supposed to be interested in that information anyway. That's supposed to be the federal government's job. The reason why we're in this situation is because the federal government's not really not not, not doing their job, right? And this this law is actually speaking of state troopers and all that, supported by the Massachusetts Chief of Police Association, uh, strong support from a lot of business communities, um, because they want their employees. It to makes. Get to work. Right. Well, exactly. They want and the people that work below minimum wage to be able to get to work. But, but what they want, but what, I, but what the what public safety officials want are, are people that are going to be able to drive on the road safely. You mentioned the woman yes. that's head, uh, the woman that's leading this effort. Uh, had, her son died in a, in a in a car accident. He was killed by a drunk driver. Killed by a drunk Horribly driver. Horribly dragged actually to death on his motorcycle. Terrible. I think that really yeah, that's terrible. Terrible story. So so I think that he came off a parole today. But there's going to be a situation in which there's going to be a situation. And I imagine if you're an undocumented immigrant and you uh, commit um, uh, uh, OUI with uh, serious bodily injury or death, you probably get deported. Right. No, he's in prison. He's in prison, but he came he off came of parole. parole today. He came off of parole. He came today? up for parole today. Oh, he came up for parole. They shot him down. Oh, OK. OK. 
But, um, so, but again, we have to stop using undocumented because they're going to produce documents to right get now, these licenses. Right, right now, I think, first of all... I Let's think call them what they are, Rocky. That's, semant that's Illegal aliens. Semantic. That's semantics. I know, it's a hideous, hideous phrase. I think illegal aliens is a hideous phrase. But here's the... Here's but it really the, rings he, your he, ear, doesn't it? Here's the thing. You know what we're talking about when we say illegal alien. Undocumented worker. I don't really know. No one's hiring undocumented workers. They're hiring illegal aliens. Because they'll work in dangerous situations for next to nothing. Right. And we have to actually move towards a economy and a society that um, discourages that type of behavior. We haven't really done that yet. But the issue here is it's a public safety issue now because we have undocumented immigrants here. They are here. They're, they are getting hired. They are driving. Um, and... They haven't taken a driver's test. They're not insured. So it's really not safe for, for anybody. And again, this isn't really our fault. It's not Massachusetts's fault. No. It's not any of the state's well, fault. Well, it's kind of Liz Warren's fault. But anyway, it's not Massachusetts. It's kind of Ted Kennedy's fault. It's not Massachusetts's fault. It's our fault as voters for elect. But anyway, but anyway. I would say, Ted, okay, so Ted Kennedy's. He's not alive anymore, Correct. Um, but Ted. Ken I would say Ted Kennedy because he was around in the Immigration Act of 1965 that he really started the, to make our... He made the immigration. Yeah, right. So that. that really made our immigration system untenable. Um, like I said. But yeah, we, we need to... Blame Ted. What I, yeah. But here's the thing. 12 states, I think, have... Uh, 12 states have um, this type of law, including Utah. Right? So... Yeah, because uh, the, the, the Mormon business community wants their slaves... Um, I would, I would probably, I mean, slaves. Don't you think the conditions that most illegal aliens are working under are pretty damn close to slavery? Yeah, but do you think that moving towards a, uh, a, a, a situation in which um, undocumented workers could avail themselves a little bit more might be better in getting them to a situation where they're not working for uh, wage slavery? Well, I mean, I, I think that that's possible. But that's not the goal. The goal, the reason the business community is supporting this is because they want their wage slaves. They want them to show up and work for nothing. We've got a bunch of calls on the line. So 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes, good evening, Marcus. Uh, congratulations to both of you guys. Thank you. For your new show. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. Very, very happy to hear both of you. Special shout out to Chris. You've had a rough year. So, so good to hear your voice again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for kind words. And I like the Phil Collins intro. Love it. <laughs> Thank you, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> I like it a lot. I think it might be uh, might be your signature, you know, uh, going forward. Um, the reason I'm calling in tonight is I don't know if this has ever gone by WBSM, but I was wondering. I know we're entering the silly season of politics. Uh, I doubt you could do it during the primaries. I'm wondering if maybe you could do it during the general election. Because uh, I know, Marcus, you've had a lot of candidates on. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was wondering if at all possible that you could put, during the general election, if maybe you could have the two candidates involved, say, for sheriff, possibly even for governor, you know, the the state elections. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're working, I'm working on, uh, I'm working on uh, ways to feature the sheriff's race in, on, on this program, actually. Yeah, yeah so you, you, you I'm, be disappointed. I'm thinking... I'm thinking even if it's only for an hour, it doesn't have to necessarily be a debate, but maybe have them on a conference call. You don't have to necessarily have them in the studio. But you know what I'm getting at? Sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the South Coast gets enough credit for informed voters, and I, I do think people in the South Coast are 
informed, and I think they're very interested well, in what's South, going on. Speaking of the sheriff in the South Coast being informed, the South Coast is the one region in the Commonwealth where most people are even know who their sheriff is. Correct, correct. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's a great idea, Carla. We've been working on that stuff, and we will. I mean, you're going to, I hope you'll stay tuned and keep, stay tuned and keep calling us because we're going to bring everything you're asking for right to the, to the listeners. Absolutely. And, and if I may just get this one last uh, comment in, uh, Marcus, I tip my hat to you because back in the spring, you were having on the uh, candidates for sheriff mm-hmm. uh, on the Democratic side. And I remember saying to myself at the time, because philosophically, Marcus, I don't always see eye to eye with you. I says, I don't think he's going to have the sheriff on. And then much to my surprise, you put him on. I listened to the entire interview. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you- that. I actually really enjoyed that interview, too. Thank you. Yeah, you were very respectful of the sheriff and vice versa. I thought it went both ways. So, Thanks, uh, But I misjudge you, Marcus, because I wasn't sure <laughs> you put the sheriff on, so I was quite happy to hear that. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Thanks, for the, Thanks Thank for the call. Actually, you know what happened, too, was um, I... I scheduled the first candidate. Well, the first was uh, Paul Haru, the mayor of Attleboro, right. who first, I think, challenged Sheriff Hodgson. Might have been the first challenger to Sheriff Hodgson. Maybe Bernie, Bernie was. was. He was the second was. challenger then. But uh, but I, someone had said to me, well, well are you going to have the actual sheriff on? Right. And I said on the air, I said, I'd love to have Sheriff Hodgson on. Right, and then I get a, I get mentioned, I get a, in my mentions on Twitter uh, from Sheriff Hodgson. Hey, Marcus, happy to come on anytime. He'll come and, anywhere. Yeah, and uh, he, he'll he'll absolutely be on this program as well. Absolutely. So um, five zero as well as the other candidates on the uh, on the Democratic side too. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Phone lines are full. We actually just that's one line open now. No, now the phone lines are full. So let's um let's get to them. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for holding. No, Good evening. Chris, Good Marcus, evening. Do so. I address you guys as the dynamic duo or the brothers? <laughs> you can. You can. Whatever you like to say, General. <laughs> it fits in either case. Two quick points uh, regarding the <clears throat> driver's licenses for the illegal aliens. How do we measure if there's any success or failure with the licenses? Is there some sort of metric we measure or? Maybe yeah, sold insurance policies. Sold maybe sold insurance policies. Number of accidents. Number of accidents involving right undocumented persons. I do think that there'll be a um, a lot of new information. There will be a lot of data points that comes out of this. So that'll be interesting. But whether or not we we they're recorded and and then given to the media will be the different story, right? Ah, there we go. There's, <laughs> there's the crux of the matter. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how do we measure this stuff. Because- well, I think there'll be a lot more insurance policies sold, um, which I do think also is another reason to push this thing forward. Yeah, um, getting well, people insured I, I, is a good idea, but I don't think that I don't think the, the I don't think the um, the Geico's of the world were ignorant to that fact. Well, 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 Chris, I've heard that many illegals buy an insurance policy. They make the one payment and they stop paying it because the registry doesn't chase them down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if your I think if your insurance lapses in Massachusetts, your registration goes right. Yeah, and then you're. Um, and I think they're on top of that. Also, you leave yourself open um, for uh, criminal charges if you do that. <laughs> okay, Jose. Uh, what's your <laughs> name next week? Uh, <laughs> Mañana. Okay. And last quick point. Um, Howie Carr had uh, Maureen Maloney on. That was yes. uh, Matthew yes. Denise's. Mom, and they set up at Waltham, Massachusetts, at the Market Basket. They had a situation where a bunch of uh, protesters came up and created a situation such that the manager of the Market Basket called the police, and the police had everybody removed. But the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court stated emphatically that people collecting signatures have a right to be there. 
The protesters have a right to be there also, but they cannot create a problem. And if they do, they have to leave. The police were ignorant of this particular fact. But anybody who's collecting signatures, and this includes the uh, like the Market Basket or Patriot Place, it's a it's a public forum. It's open for business, right? And you can set up your tables there, and you cannot be thrown off the property because you've invited in the public. But uh, you do have the right under what is it? I think it's uh, Mass General Law Chapter Fifty Six, Section Eleven. That if people try to suppress the well, does it surprise you that the illegal alien community, which got this, this got this bill passed by showing up at legislators' houses and raising a ruckus, would then now you sure go, that's, would now, that's the only reason this bill passed? It's one of the main reasons. I think they a lot got a of veto-proof yeah. majority because of that. I think a lot of people on the Democrat mm-hmm. side bowed down and were pressured. They didn't want illegal aliens coming to the house anymore. We know it happened. But the last last kicker is is that it's a federal felony it's a civil rights violation for those protesters well, you should write you should write joe well, biden's I, justice department i mean come on i well they've no, got the law on this it's a federal it's felony for what it's a federal felony to to violate somebody's civil rights which collecting the signatures is and i don't know if the ballot collectors or the signature collectors know this fact it's a federal felony for somebody to suppress that paperwork Thanks for the call, Don. I appreciate it. I've got to take this break. Or yeah, go ahead. We've, got, uh, we've got one phone line open. I know phone lines are blowing up, and we'll get to your call when we get back. It's been- Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. He's Chris. Uh, we've got quite a few calls. We've got a little time before the hour ends and uh, the commercial break, so we're going to get right to them. Good, uh, good evening. Thanks for holding. Good evening, fellas. It's good to hear you. I'm glad uh, the station is willing to spend money on the evening uh, time. I I always kind of wondered why they abandoned that ability to make money. Selling local ads at night. I don't know if they'd be quite as popular, but I'm sure you guys will. I think it's going to be extremely popular. I think over time the people's uh, attention and passion for local issues have been has been reinvigorated, honestly. And look, yeah. there are a lot of people that can't call in the day. Uh, they can call in the evening. And so we're really going to make sure we're able to handle that. I also think the, I also think the, um, the vision of Town Square Media, too, plays a, plays a big role in that. Absolutely. So the, inf- you- the, the infrastructure that they're able to provide us is actually invaluable to, to building this brand. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, do, do you remember, uh, you're probably too young, Marcus, but uh, Manny Simmons used to do the overnight. This is like 84. I was um, born in 89, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Manny would do the overnights on WBSM from like midnight to, I don't know, four I could or do five. That. And he would have callers. You know, there'd be like callers at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, but yeah. Just just real quick to um, the illegal alien driving licensing. I think it's just another, it's another benefit. You know, we're pretending not to give the illegal aliens, but we are. It's going to be a benefit to them. And that's why Massachusetts is the number one destination for illegal aliens, because we give such great benefits. And we're going to give them now. We've given them housing, medical, free phones, all that stuff. Now we're going to give them a driver's license. What's the incentive to ever become legal? I don't, I don't, well, first of all, there's plenty of incentive. One, not getting uh, not getting deported. I think is an incentive. I will tell you, uh, being eligible for federal benefits, I think, is an incentive. Not having to wor- look over your shoulder your entire life, I think, is is an incentive. I don't think we have to worry about them not trying to become citizens. I think that the um, the, the notion that that you're better off not as a citizen than you are as a citizen oh, it's, uh, is is no, it's it's that's it's, false. That's it, false. Yeah, it's it's. But it's I will say false. this. One of the main attractions, I believe, for the state to have done this is to create 
a place to register illegal aliens for the census. Not for voting, but for the census. Because late on that, but... Well, we got 10 years. Yeah. Well, right. they, they yeah. think in terms of 10 years. I mean, you had last last year during the census, you, you know, we were always at risk of losing someone. Rhode Island is losing seats. Rhode Island, they were going to give a bounty of $25,000 if you move to the city. It didn't pass the legislature. But I think that one of the main motivating factors is that our state is looking to permanently house many of these illegal aliens so as we don't lose another electoral college vote and don't lose another congressional seat. I also yeah, think- but look at Rhode Island. They just made up the numbers. They missed well, it by like 50,000. Somebody made those numbers up. Hey, man, listen, as far as I'm concerned with that stuff, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But, hey, I appreciate the call. I got to get through right, these like, calls. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Um, five zero eight nine nine. Politics is a dirty game. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, honestly. I'm, I'm serious about that. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks. for. Or good evening. I'm going to get used to that. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes, and it's great to hear Chris. Thank you, Big Al. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris. It was it was good to finally meet you, and I'm going to tell you right now, Chris. You got yourself a lifetime friend with me. I appreciate that, Big Al. Thank you. And I'm going to tell you, uh, as soon as I get my messenger uh, on my new phone straightened out, I'll be happy to help you out as far as you walking, because I know I know how it feels. Not able to walk as much as off as far as you want. Right. I'd be happy to help you out. Thank you, Big L. I appreciate that. Are you still you riding your bike these days? No, I'm saving some gas. I'm waiting until the gas prices come down. Okay, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. sense. Hey, brother, I really appreciate it. It was really nice yep. seeing you that night. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, before before you let me go, yeah, I'm going to talk about the illegals. Sure, the, go ahead. Tell us. And the, the, uh, this business about having licenses, I want to explain to both of you. I went through hell and back. I had to pay my excise tax on my bike, plus to prove that I'm an American citizen yet, okay? I had to go to city clerk, pay, what, $15 for a, a real birth certificate with yep. my mother and father's name on it? Correct. You know, I mean, come on. Well, they're going to have to provide those doc that documentation as well. The, so they're the not truly are... undocumented. We can stop using that term. So uh, I got to let you. I got to let you go, big. I got to let you go, big Al. We're up against Thanks, commercial brother. break. Let's let's take it now. And uh, it, please stay on the line. I know we've got a bunch of calls on. We got another hour to go. Hey, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm here with Chris. Do we have? So Chris, I think we've got the phone lines are blowing up. I really don't think. I really want to give the callers time. And I think I think that, uh, and I have the wrong mic on. And I think that um, I think that we should. If you're on the line, please hold. Absolutely. We're going to get to you on the other side of the nine o'clock uh, on the on at the beginning of the nine o'clock hour because I think it's only fair to just hold them on. I think people have a lot to say about a lot to say about this issue, and I don't want to cram somebody in when they have a lot to say about this issue. Again. It will be here for a whole nother hour. Yeah, phone, so we've plenty got, of time. We've the phone lines are are almost full. We've got one line open, so if you want to hold. We're gonna. You're gonna hear the news. You're gonna hear the the national news, the local news, and then we're gonna get to you on this issue. I know it's something that people really care a lot about. If you stick around, you'll get on the air tonight. Yes, if you stick around, you'll get on the air tonight. And uh, if you agree with me, you will be correct. <laughs> <laughs> if not, then uh, hang up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stay on the line, please. Thank you. We'll see you on the other side.